Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Wednesday, October the 24th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's all 22 day. We comb over the loss to the Lions with a defensive passing game and running game breakdowns. We'll talk to Robert Land of Locked On Texans in anticipation of Thursday night's game, and we'll finish it up with some tendencies Miami needs to break immediately, but might have to wait for the extended break post-Texans game to do it. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, which we should be on by now. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. I break down the film every single Tuesday for you guys with about 40 to 50 GIFs from the passing game, running game, defense, whatever it is. You can find it there, at NFL. You can follow the show, at LockedOnFins, and of course, LockedOnDolphins.com. We have the Brock Osweiler passing chart and advanced metrics up right there. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Texans podcast or Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We have a very long injury report to get to. Let's go ahead and do it. And the news on Albert Wilson is, I guess, okay, but not great. Albert Wilson is going to miss the year as he has moved to injured reserve with that hip injury, but the good news is no surgery required, so we should have him back fully healthy, ready to go for 2019 as this injury-riddled season continues just seven weeks in for the Dolphins. As for the report for Thursday's game in Houston, there are no changes. The same exact list as yesterday was posted on Tuesday. That is A.J. Derby, Charles Harris, and Kenny Stills, as you know, is out, did not practice on Tuesday ahead of Thursday's game. And the last bit of news is that Miami will have Leonte Carew and Isaiah Ford, the two practice squad receivers, will travel with them to Houston. Who gets called up? We'll find out come game day, but I assume it'll be one of them. I'm going to assume it's Isaiah Ford getting his first crack at some NFL action. And real quick before we start the podcast, the Houston Texans have listed Aaron Colvin, Zach Fulton, Ryan Griffin, Andre Hall, Brian Peters as players that did not practice. Wide receiver Kiki Kute, DeAndre Hopkins, Jonathan Joseph, Brendan Scarlett, Jordan Thomas, J.J. Watt, and Sharice Wright were all limited participants in practice. So both these teams are reeling on the short week, as most teams are. And later on in the podcast, we'll talk to Robert Land of Locked On Texans for that game. But first, let's go back and break down the Detroit Lions All-22 film from Sunday. That's another Miami Dolphins. Travis Winkle with you guys here, as always, at Winkle NFL, at Locked On Fins. And I went through the all 22 notes or film and wrote down my notes for the podcast today. And the first thing I want to talk about is the linebacker play and the lack of discipline and the false steps and the over-eagerness of the linebackers, Jerome Baker and Raekwon McMillan as well as Kiko Alonso while we're at it. They failed to do the spill and scrape off the edge. Their run fits were bad. They were poor in tackling. They could not pass guys off in zone coverage to save their life. They all jumped that flat route on the first line's touchdown pass. Four Dolphins jumped the flat, leaving Michael Roberts wide open in the end zone on the Lions' first touchdown. I think that Baker and McMillan will be good players long-term, and they both have some keen instincts for the game, as well as plus athleticism, but I think they're going to have to take some growing pains, and we're seeing that right now. As far as the game plan goes with Matt Burke, 
There are certainly some curious calls in his scheme and the way they play that soft off coverage, the three by two sets to certain sides of the formation, and they're playing the flat and leaving a huge vacated area in that cover two turkey hole range. We saw it on the first and 25 conversion, just not good enough. And in the final segment on today's podcast, we'll bring up some of those issues and how Miami can get them corrected. But one personnel concern I do have on the day is Jamius Pittman getting serious reps at defensive tackle, about 25% of the reps, which isn't a lot, but it's enough to get exposed in a game. And I know Jordan Phillips is a doofus and a guy that had to go, but Pittman got taken to task a few times in this game. He just doesn't quite have the makeup yet to be an NFL player, a serious contributor. And why Vincent Taylor is only playing 27 reps in the game and just a little bit more than Jamius Pittman is really, really strange to me. Going back into the secondary, Bobby McCain did not look right. He got spun around a few times in coverage, missed a couple of tackles, not his best day. Xavier Howard was excellent on the other side. He is so damn good in man coverage. I just wish they would stop playing him in zone like ever. I wish he would just play man on one guy and travel all game long. The effort was a concern from the defense and from the least likely of guys. Rashad Jones on the screen pass gave up on the play because it looked like it was going the other direction, but it was deception. They came back to Rashad. He gets blocked out of the play. Not a good look for him, but then he comes back on the very next play and closes 15 yards worth of ground to make a key stop on a 33-yard pass play. The safety play in this game from Jones and McDonald was just not that good. I don't think this is who Miami is defensively. There was a bad plan. There was bad execution and they just got outdueled by a really, really good quarterback. Matt Stafford was magnificent in this game and so was their running game scheme on, on the Lions offense as well. We'll get into that more later. Offensively, the creativity in the running game continues to steal the show for me. Frankly, I'm not sure how Miami survives the loss of Albert Wilson offensively because he was the focal point of so many packages, and that includes the running game, but I do trust Eric Stutisville to devise some more creative packages and find ways to create yards on the running game. Travis Swanson and Ted Larson were both turnstiles in this game, just really, really bad. Jawan James and Jesse Davis had issues in pass pro, but once again, Laramie Tunzel was fantastic. Larson was asked to do a lot of combo work, and he couldn't really get it done, which made some of Tunzel's efforts useless. And the best effort of the day from an execution and play call standpoint was the touchdown to Kenyon Drake. Just awesome design, awesome execution, a great wham block from Nick O'Leary, a great seal block from Kenny Stills and Laramie Tunzel, and great burst from Kenyon Drake. Now, as far as the passing game goes, how can you not love Danny Amendola? The guy does so much dirty work, both as a pass catcher, but also setting up other guys. And we saw him doing the chipping inside last week against the Chicago Bears. He has been a good signing so far. Brock Osweiler missed a couple of open reads in this game that really cost the offense early on. And I think Adam Gaze needs to dial things back a little bit to open up the football game. My best guess as to why this offense struggles to start games so much under Gaze is that complexity from the jump. He wants his quarterback making high-level reads and pre-snap distinctions when really he should just get them into a rhythm early on. It was the case with Ryan Tannehill, and it's still the case with Brock Osweiler. And outside of his slow start, Osweiler made some excellent throws in this game and did well to manage pressure for the most part. He had four off-target throws and one potentially critical error, but the interception was dropped. You guys can find more information on that on LockedOnDolphins.com, the Brock Osweiler passing chart, breaking down the entire Dolphins passing offense. And speaking of passing offense, Kenny Stills and Kenyon Drake had opportunities to make big plays down the field in the passing game and could not do it. I would personally like to see more Jakeem Grant now, especially with Albert Wilson out. 
And going back to Drake real quick, he needs to be more decisive and more aggressive and finding the bend back runs and finding lanes up inside rather than trying to bounce everything. That was the same thing that got Jay Ajayi in trouble. All in all, the game was just not a good one for the Dolphins. They looked like a team coming off a huge dramatic overtime win, playing a team coming off of a bye. It happens. On to the next. And speaking of on to the next, we're going to talk with Locked On Texans host Robert Land. But first, a word from Vivid Seats. And though the Dolphins won't be back home until November 4th to take on the New York Jets, doesn't mean you can't see a great game in the Miami area with Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. From the hottest concerts, shows, or sporting events of your choice, you can find it at a great price with Vivid Seats, the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app and use promo code LOCKEDON for that offer. $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers to Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. Sports, music, theater, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter promo code LOCKEDON and get that $20 off an order of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. And joining the podcast now are Brian Patterson and Robert Land of the Locked On Texans podcast. Guys, what's going on tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Great to talk with you, Travis, and uh, looking forward to this matchup this week. Let's let's keep this win streak alive. Yeah, let's try to yeah. turn things around for the Dolphins here. It's been a, a rough stretch of games for us, and now the Dolphins go on the road on a Thursday night, which has been excruciatingly bad over the last few years, actually under Adam Gaze, 0-2 in road Thursday games with a score differential of 62-7. to So it's been a rough go, trying to get things corrected this week. And before we get into the obvious with Deshaun Watson and his injury, because I'm sure that's all you guys have talked about for a while now, I did want to ask you, what has been the difference between this team that started off 0-3 compared to the team that now has four straight wins? Well, this is Robert, and I, I guess the thing that they've, first of all, uh, faced is really crappy opponents uh, for, for most of the season. They've got the easiest schedule in the NFL to start the season, and uh, it helps that, that that's been a factor. But also, uh, one of the other things is Deshaun really looked bad. You know, he, he barely played in the preseason and it's just been slow for him to get into a rhythm. Uh, that's been part of it. The defense for some reason was just awful to begin with. Part of it was Whitney Merciless and Jadavian Clowney and JJ Watt barely played any of the preseason. Uh, Whitney didn't play in the preseason at all as did Jadavian. So neither one of those two guys and you could tell, like, they, it's taken them several games just to get going. And the defense has taken some time to get going. The defense is now on track, um, so that helps a lot. Uh, anything else that I missed, Brian? Uh, talking about the uh, training camp, you know, a lot of guys weren't ready. You know, we had a lot of injuries. Uh, the Houston Texans, that is, had a lot of injuries. And uh, the, the situation there was they weren't ready, and it was knocking the rust off. Deshaun Watson knocking the rust off. Whitney Merciless, he's barely, you know, looking like he's supposed to. He's one of our key pass rushers. He's been kind of silent these uh, past couple of games uh, up until 
the point of uh, week seven. So the previous six weeks, um, he was barely a blip on the uh, the radar. But it's right about this time. And if you go back to uh, 2015 and 2016, um, Bill O'Brien's teams usually don't start out too well. But once you get to the midpoint of the season, which we're almost there, they start to feel it. They get a rhythm. And then we hit the gas uh, toward the end. Hopefully this ends up in a playoff berth for the Houston Texans. But um, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for the ride. And um, that's that's the main reason as to why they were knocking the rust off. They weren't looking good. The offense, it looked like they were still trying to learn things from the playbook as if this was still training camp. But um, they found a way to make it work. Hopefully this new method with Lamar Miller getting more carries, Deshaun Watson being more careful with the football and careful for his body as well is going to help. Uh, that offensive line, it's not going to change. So obviously the schemes uh, are changing a bit. And uh, we're seeing more incorporation with uh, the running game. That's, that's what's going to have to happen and, and that, continue to happen. That seems to be the new normal for the NFL in September, these struggling starts, and you don't really know what a team is, especially when your quarterback's coming off of an ACL, because like you said, the, the OTA time, the training camp time, it's not the same as a healthy player would be. So speaking of Deshaun Watson, and it sounds like this injury is absolutely brutal from where I, from what I've heard about it. And good on him for playing through it. What a warrior. Very, very impressive. But are there any repercussions or elements that we could expect to see on a short week with that strange bus ride story? What do you guys expect to see from Deshaun come Thursday? I expect to see Deshaun play just like he did against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's going to be careful with the football. Um, If he's in a situation, not sure how strong your pass rush is over with the Dolphins. But uh, I expect Deshaun Watson to to look the same as he as he did against the Jaguars. Very careful, not to the point of being tentative, but he's going to be able to go out there, make the throws, make the plays in order for us to help us win. Um, you know, there's, you know, injuries that you worry about. You wonder if our running back, uh, Deontay Foreman, our third rounder from uh, last season, you know, from 20, 2017, if he's going to be ready. And that, there's no indication of that. But uh, for the most part, the good thing about this team is that most of them have stayed healthy, with the exception of Deshaun Watson. I, I really do think that he um, is going to turn in a good game. He loves the big lights. You obviously saw against the Cowboys. He, he loves to shine, and he loves to make sure that whenever the bright lights are on, he's going to excel. And you're going to have a national audience. It's going to be on Fox Thursday. So, yeah, I expect to see him uh, do very well, despite the incredible pain I'm pretty sure he's going through right now. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable what he's gone through, and, and especially with that offensive line, the most hits in the league that he's endured. And you guys talked about the offensive line, and we'll go ahead and shift over to Brian here for this question. I, I watched that Jaguars game on, on my game pass the other day, and I noticed that Julian Davenport, the left tackle, he, he couldn't block a thing. He couldn't get anybody blocked in that game. And I noticed they used a lot of moving pockets, trying to mitigate that problem. And yeah, the Dolphins' pass rush has struggled this year big time cam wake hasn't been the same and robert quinn hasn't quite paid off in the stack department yet but is this a chance for the dolphins pass rush to kind of get right in this game or how do you guys see that playing out on thursday the pass rush uh, for the dolphins uh this is robert i i just you know i i'm expecting uh the texans to be their typical uh porous line unless they're i mean every week we're thinking maybe this time they're gonna figure it out as far as pass blocking goes but 
every week, Brian, it's been the same thing, hasn't it? It's like, we're, we're, we're like the crazy person. It's way this week, maybe it's going to be different. And it's like, no, it's the same. You, you expect something different, but it's the same result. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys are going to try to to get to uh, Deshaun Watson, keep going on the left side because Senio Calamente and Julian Davenport are going to be over there and um, you might have a shot. That right side, whether it's Zach Fulton or whether it's Greg Mance, you know, uh, coupled along uh, with, you know, you know, he'll be playing, you know, right guard and with right tackle. That's going to be Kendall Lamb. That side held up pretty well, uh, you know, last game. And then Nick Martin as well. I don't think you should go to that side. It's going to be pretty stout, but attack that left and you're going to probably get to Deshaun Watson, unless Julian Davenport somehow has an epiphany and he plays elite, but we moved him around right tackle, left tackle. Now he's at his natural position. He's still not playing well. So it, it's just growing pains with this offensive line. It's not going to be fixed overnight. It's going to take a couple of years. And I surely hope that the Texas invest, especially in the draft. We might even, if we if we do keep our first round picks, if we don't make a deal for somebody for a certain person that's available, uh, we need to heavily invest in the offensive line in the early rounds. I'm all for that. And Brian, when Brian says uh, stout, he means less stinky. That's what he actually means. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a that's a problem across the NFL landscape right now is offensive yes. line play, and, and the Dolphins. They came into the year with five strong up front, and then they lost their left guard and center within the first month of the season. So it's been a bit of a challenge to replace those guys. But going back to this game and this matchup, there's a lot of good matchups in this game. I think Xavier Howard on Nuke Hopkins or Laramie Tunzel on Jadavian Clowney is two of the primetime matchups you'll see in the league this year. But let's talk more about the team aspect of it. And Houston has one of the worst red zone offenses in the league so far. And that's Miami's strong point, the thing that has kept them in games and gotten them to four and three so far. So for your guys' money, we'll start with Brian and go over to uh, Robert afterwards. Which matchup in this game are you guys looking forward to most? I do uh, like the matchup that's going to be with uh, Mika Fitzpatrick uh, because hopefully – uh, on that side, uh, with because more than likely Hopkins or Kiki Cutie, hopefully he's healthy for that game. That's the side that Mink is going to be playing. I mean, you know, he's he's I, with his the way he's been playing this season. I'm pretty sure he could be a lot better, but he's still a pretty darn good cornerback out there. So I'm really looking forward to that matchup on that side of the football where DeAndre is, and to see how well we attack him. Fitzpatrick is, is going to probably draw penalties. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, there was some kind of crazy stat in 2017 where DeAndre Hopkins drew uh, the most amount of penalties among wide receivers in the NFL. I expect the same against Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he's so physical at top of routes. He's tough to deal with. How about you, Robert? I tell you what, if your offensive line has issues, then I'm looking forward to J.J. Watt against uh, whoever, uh, however 14 many people you're going to throw at J.J. Watt because – you know, he likes it. He likes his national television and J.J. Watt gets up for that as much as anybody. And J.J. Watt has been a huge story this year because, you know, Brian and I and not just me and Brian, but like everybody in Houston thought this is it. J.J. Watt, we've seen the best of it. If we get 80 percent of them after, you know, back surgery and leg surgery and all this other stuff, then, hey, we'll take it. We'll take 80 percent of J.J. Watt. And he looks like old JJ. It looks like the same guy from a few years ago. He's just as dangerous. He's just as crazy good. Uh, he's been getting sacks. He's been getting pressures. He's been causing fumbles. Uh, he's doing all the same things that JJ Watt does. And, you know, it's always fun to see him 
in a primetime game. So that's the one I'm looking for. Yeah, as a Dolphins fan and someone that really doesn't have any affiliation to the Texans, whether it's a rivalry or, or whatever, it, it is nice to see him get back just because of the human being that he is and how much he means to that city, obviously. And I, he, one of the great players of all time, too. So it's nice to see him finally get back to that level after injuries try to take his career from him. So now I got to ask you guys, and we'll go ahead and start with you first, Robert. What's your prediction for the game? Oh, brother. I, I'm not going to predict him to win because I did that the first three games and it was uh, three losses uh, and they look like garbage. So, uh, but my guess is it, it's a low scoring. The, the, the Texans from here on out are going to play low scoring games. And if we want to speak to Deshaun just a little bit more, he needs to be a game manager from here on out because the Texans, their defense and their special teams are now top 10 in the NFL. I mean, they're uh, definitely great at those two phases. And with Deshaun, this offensive line, uh, the injury issues that he's had, the physical punishment that he's taken, just stay there. Just don't get hurt. Just figure out a way to protect the ball. Uh, don't make any stupid plays and see if the defense can get the job done. Yeah, and uh, to add on to what you uh, said, Rob, uh, you know, in terms of what the the defense uh, needs to do, I mean, with Deshaun Watson out there, I mean, the problem is why he was injured was that he was doing too much, and with what we saw, I guess, the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, he doesn't have to, you know, like like you said, being a game manager. But I do predict that this team um, is going to pull the win. I'm not trying to jinx them, but I really do feel that yeah, it's going to happen. It should be by a score. And I, I think it, it, we, if I don't know what the Vegas spreads are right now, I don't know if they're all out yet and they're probably some early numbers, but I think they can win by a touchdown. Uh, but just not knowing if we're going to be turning over the ball a lot uh, or who's going to fumble or whatnot, or if we're going to force turnovers, which I do believe that's possible uh, with the way they played against the Jaguars. That, that is definitely a reality for this team and it's a home game. So hopefully we can use, some at home field advantage, but lately a lot of empty seats, you know, the seats are sold, but a lot of empty seats uh, right now, despite, you know, us having, you know, a nice ascent uh, in the AFC South. Well, I, the spread seven and a half points. And I think that's right about where it should be because we'd feel a lot better yeah, about this game. Yeah. If it wasn't a short week on the road, which as I was telling Robert, before we came on the podcast, 62 to seven over the last two years in road Thursday games for the dolphins, they've been outscored, not pretty for them. As for this podcast, they are Brian Patterson and Robert Land of the Locked On Texans podcast. Guys, thanks a lot for doing this with me. It's a pleasure. Pleasure. And off they go. Once again, grateful to be joined by the hosts of the Locked On Texans podcast, Robert Land and Brian Patterson. And next, we'll wrap this podcast up with some notes about Dolphins self-scouting and how Miami can counterpunch the opposition's counter from the last two weeks. We'll do that next in the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. By the time you guys hear this podcast on Wednesday, we're going to be about 24 hours from kickoff, give or take. And as always, we have that great crossover podcast on Wednesdays with the Locked On Texans podcast. But now you're back here stuck with just me, Travis Wingfield, Locked On Dolphins podcast. And something I noticed in the Detroit Lions tape was their overall ability to catch the Dolphins off guard with some of their regularly scheduled successful type of work in the offensive game and the defensive side of the things. And I think that the Lions probably just took advantage of their bye week and capitalized on some of Miami's tendencies. 
one of those tendencies, playing with their hair on fire up front on the defensive line, one gap scheme aggressively going up the field. The linebackers doing the same thing, being aggressive in their over pursuit, the zone coverage they play on defense, and defeating Miami's combo blocks up front with inside power and multiple bodies from the Lions' offensive line. So the Dolphins... They don't really have an opportunity to self-scout this week and reinvent themselves off of a short week, but I do think the game against the Jets could be very telling for what this coaching staff does in terms of finding a way to mitigate some of the issues they've had and create new successful packages and way to attack both offenses and defense because in that Lions game going after that Dolphins soft zone running some of the inside trap and power poles that we saw that the Dolphins do a lot to other teams as well as finding a way to get the linebackers off balance just what Matt Patricia did and we know he comes from that Bill Belichick New England Patriots tree and the way they were able to self-scout off the bye week I think that and obviously the injuries Miami would get back over the course of that time you hope would be enough for the Dolphins to kind of reinvent themselves and and change things going into the second half of the season and hopefully get back on track to where they were for the first three games of the year. But as you guys heard me talk about with the Texans host there, the Locked On Texans host, I should say, was this team is just so banged up right now. They're going to have to get healthy and find a way to really adapt themselves midseason because that's what the NFL is who can discover what they are after the injuries take toll and really identify their own roster and adapt things going forward and just be constantly adjusting and reinventing yourself. That's what the NFL is. That's what the Dolphins are going to have to do if they want to get back into this playoff race or stay into this playoff race. And we'll see if it happens. But first, we're going to have a game with the Texans. And on tomorrow's podcast, we'll preview that game. You guys know how that podcast goes. And then Friday in the very early morning hours, I'll have a new podcast up for you guys recapping the game as well as a column up on LockedOnDolphins.com. So we'll have those shows and those columns for you guys. And then Monday, Tuesday of next week will be a slightly different schedule. I'm trying to find out how I'm going to attack those shows, but the content will be different with the longer week for preparation time. But as for today's podcast, that is going to be my time. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockdownFins and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a game day edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.